Hello ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to VUX World, the practical voice podcast. Today we're speaking to John Chu of Jetson AI. He's the COO of Jetson and Jetson enables any brand to sell products via any conversational interface. So for example, you could order a coffee on the train via your voice on your phone and then pick the coffee up when you get off the train from the retailer. You could order a takeaway from Alexa while you're sitting at home watching Netflix and then that takeaway will be dropped off at your door. A little bit like Deliveroo in the UK. I don't know what the US equivalent is or the European equivalent, but Deliveroo um, essentially is like a takeaway, uh, online takeaway thing. You make your order, then it drops your stuff off. Essentially, Jetson is handling the whole end to end experience from ordering to payments to delivering delivering the food but it's not just food it's looking into retail and, and hospitality and all kinds of areas we're speaking today to john all about conversational commerce or v-commerce as i'm still persisting with that term and trying to trying to make it catch on i think it will um so yeah we're going to be talking to john all about v-commerce all about the uh, v-commerce industry uh, the state of play in the industry and some of the stuff that he's learned through building out jetson ai we're talking about the practicalities of voice commerce we're talking about user behavioral trends uh, and we're talking about the industry we're talking about how brands can get involved and start trading via these conversational interfaces such a smart guy john it was a really compelling conversation and you're gonna really really enjoy it it builds on some of the conversations that we had with charlie cadbury actually of say now that was a few Few weeks back um, and this takes that story on to the next step so ladies and gentlemen without further ado this is john chu of jetson ai on vux world so john chu welcome to vux world Great. Uh, thanks for the uh, thanks for the invite. I'm really excited to uh, talk a lot about Jetson at the VUX World. No problem. Thank you for joining us. It is it is much much appreciated. I've seen a lot of the stuff that uh, that you've been sort of doing on Instagram, and for everyone out there, uh, I'd recommend following Jetson on Instagram because it's uh, you know you're quite active on there, and there's a lot of good content over there. Um, so yeah, you kind of first piqued my piqued my interest on Instagram, um, and it looks like a really good platform. So why don't you, John, tell tell the VUX World listeners uh, first of all a little bit about yourself, and then we can get into a little bit about Jetson. Great, great. Um, so yeah, I'm a former uh, technology executive at a, a lot of uh, leading companies, uh, primarily in bank technology, banking, uh, consultancy, and media. Um, what I've been doing in the past 16 years is really loving to build products uh, and services and different experiences and really helping companies scale to where they need to be. So um, when I left my media uh, job, I actually you know, became an advisor to Justin, but now I'm actually a full-time uh, COO of uh, Justin AI. Nice. And tell us then a little bit about Jetson AI. What, what, what's Jetson all about? Yeah, so uh, Jetson is a voice-first AI platform. Uh, we enable businesses to easily start uh, selling products and services uh, through multiple conversation uh, interfaces. We really strive to make things easier for the brands to get into uh, a voice experience world um, across different platforms. And so is it primary then, it's primary a voice um, 
voice is the primary interface to Jetson. When you say different platforms, is it is it purely focusing on voice platforms? Yeah, and no, no, that's a good thing to start talking about. Um, so we are very focused on voice-first design. Uh, we do work on mobile devices, uh, whether it's applications, websites, but also we're able to carry on that conversation over to other platforms like uh, Google Homes, uh, Amazon Alexas, because we do feel like from an end user's perspective that there should be a, a ubiquitous kind of voice experience uh, for, for conversational commerce. Mm. So w- tell us a little bit about what the, what the user journey looks like in terms of if someone was to be using Jetson. Is it um, something that you can actually transact through? Right. So uh, for for Jetson, we're you know we we have multiple platforms as I mentioned. So we really focus on the food, retail, and hospitality um, industries. Uh, for Jetson, right now we have an app available in the Americas where we're really doing voice commerce uh, through voice ordering and uh, sorry through food ordering and we can actually go through that end user journey where you can pick up a mobile device and order food any types of food from our selected restaurants and we will actually deliver those food to you in in a dollar us dollars so uh, to give you a really good quick examples you can actually uh, go into a specific voice-enabled uh, restaurant. So a lot of our partners like Shake Shack, um, uh, Bear Burger, you can say, I would like to order a burger from uh, Bear Burger, and our technology actually will have deductive reasoning and will ask, uh, what type of burger would you like, a bison burger or a beef burger? Would you like lettuce, tomatoes, and ketchup? It all... It, it boils down to uh, the conversations where we take that element out uh, from an intent perspective and place it into a uh, shopping cart, so to say, so that you can transact with your voice. Okay, so you so you're handling the whole journey then from from kind of like the the query initially in terms of I want to order a burger right the way through, presumably right the way through to payments, and if you're going to deliver something, I'm assuming you're handling payments and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. So when we do when we do voice payments, we actually use our voice to authenticate. Um, but you know, going back to that end to end journey, we really focus on delivering the best frictionless voice experience uh, through commerce. So that's why we added delivery to the end of it because we really wanted to make sure that when the user picks up a device of their choice, they can carry on that voice transaction. Um, and then have that food delivered to you in an affordable rate. Um, so that whole f- full end-to-end journey is really important for us. Uh, really important for us also to explain to the brands, right, to increase that brand awareness um, for, for any restaurant, for any uh, retail store to, to kind of focus on. And when a customer is ordering a burger, are they ordering it through Jetson or are they ordering it through the restaurant, but it's Jetson's technology? Um, it's, so our, our technology is actually uh, has two folds. Um, so when you, order, when you order the food, it's actually ordering through Jetson. Uh, so through our Jetson app, that order will be uh, transacted through uh, the restaurant. Someone will go to that restaurant to pick up and deliver it to you. 
however, our technology is also uh, very scalable where we can actually white label and license that technology to a, a store. So if a you know, branded store would like to have Justin technology white label on their application, we can also do that as well. Okay, that's interesting. And what, because the delivery thing you started, that's a relatively recent thing, isn't it? How, how's that sort of going then so far? Yeah, that's been going uh, quite well. Uh, so we, we, we have uh, uh, an influx of users. Um, they're all very, you know, they're, they're all very surprised about how easy the, the, the experience is. Because sometimes when you do speak on a mobile phone or a speaker, it's it doesn't come off as natural, like maybe the first time around. But once they actually complete the transaction, we, have a, we see a lot of influx of repeated users because they say that, you know, voice is in fact three times faster than typing on a keyboard, uh, you know, or going into a mobile website. Because when you say, "I want, um, I want a bison burger with a side of pickles and cheese," but you know, pepper jack cheese and not American cheese, it understands that. Rather than when you fingers the keyboard, you're gonna have to log in, you're gonna have to find the restaurant and find a burger. So they see that as a real big value of, um, you know, doing that full on transaction. And they, you know, our, our really mantra and vision in Justin is really making a frictionless uh, society through voice so that we can give time back to um, the user itself so they can, you know, take that time to, you know, be with your families or be with others and do more meaningful things in this world. Mm. So you mentioned there that, that the first time people use it, that there is, I, don't, I can't remember the exact phrase that you use, but you said that as soon as they get to the end of the experience, they really enjoy it. But the very first time they use it, what do they find it difficult or, or a bit perplexing because it's a new kind of modality? What, what did you mean by the, by the sort of uh, the first kind of time people use it? Yeah, I mean, um, a lot of times when we've designed this voice first design, we're very focused on having that natural conversation. So when they do pick up the phone, um, you know, it's in terms of like pressing on the, you know, our, we have a specific sphere in our, um, you'll see the dialogue, but you press on a sphere or a, or a globe and you can start talking to it and say, I would like to order from Shake Shack. I would like to order from Bear Burger. And then, it just works, right? So there's a little bit of a taken back as maybe as human beings who are like, wow, this voice technology actually works and actually can carry through. Um, and then that's like the kind of hesitation is like, okay, I see how the dialogue works and I see how the customer can get through this. And and that's when we, when we design this dialogue, we're very focused on kind of understanding for a person to go into a restaurant and ordering, you know, by looking at the menu, talking to a cashier, we're trying to Im also improve on that experience as well. How do we get to, uh, you know, the order quicker? Um, are there different things that we can um, make the conversation more flexible to get to the transaction earlier? Mm, that's interesting. We, we were speaking to uh, Paul Jackson of the BBC recently, and he was talking about doing kind of user research into because so they've, they've, they've created a CBBS skill, and it's kind of like a you're gonna have interactive stories and games and, and read stories and stuff. And what he was saying is that through the research, they found that there were situations in the household, like for example, story time with the baby, uh, where the parent would 
just give the kid two options in terms of the books that they want to read. So rather than saying, there's your whole bookshelf, pick a story, it was like, well, here's two stories, which one do you want? So they took that concept and put that into the skill. So they've almost kind of like taken the realistic environment and then created that environment within the voice experience. You were sitting there around trying to work out whether you can improve on the actual in-person experience. What kind of stuff did you learn and what kind of things did you input into this experience that makes it better than the in-store experience? Did you do any of that where you take the in-store experience and almost replicate it or were you looking to advance on it every time? Uh, we're looking to advance to it, but we've actually looked um, a, lo- a lot of our research is through our UX uh, designer as well. Uh, we've also visited a lot of retail stores to understand, you know, when you go into a store um, and you specifically purchase a product, what happens today in, in a lot of these uh, retail stores is you go in, you're looking for a blue shirt and you have no idea where that blue shirt is. Uh, and then you have to find a specific store clerk to guide you there. Right. Mm-hmm. So some of these type of experiences we're looking to uh, see from a human's uh, perspective of how people shop or how people order food. And then we kind of go back into our dialogue engine and we look at, you know, you know, what can we, what can we, uh, edit and what can we, uh, kind of, uh, make more uh, optimized in terms of that, that dialogue to help that person, um, complete that transaction. Mm. Do you find from, from the, the things that you've learned so far, um, I'm imagining that, you know, if, you, if you're working with a specific restaurant, then you can cover their whole product inventory, potentially. Uh, it sounds as though the technology you've got behind the scenes is, is sophisticated enough to be able to kind of match the request with the various elements of that kind of inventory. Do you find that people, when they're using it, understand quite how kind of flexible it is so for example you know i want a so-and-so burger with such and such cheese and not any of that sauce or whatever do people understand that they know that they can use that much capability or or do they keep their interactions more narrow uh yeah so let me i think there's a good segue to talk a little bit about how a a brand can actually onboard and get a voice experience so Mm -hmm. uh, over the last you know six months we've been really uh clearing hurdles in terms of making this more of an automated experience for both uh, a business but also for the consumers so from the business perspective you can actually import a food menu and we will automatically create that voice dialogue for you and in terms of curating really close make sure that their brand is is kept in from whether it's mcdonald's and burger king and, and so forth everyone has a different way of ordering depending on the brand itself so when when a user from a user's perspective and they pick up you know i would like to order from mcdonald's it, there's a specific way of ordering for McDonald's that uh, is very natural to the user. And what we've seen is um, when they order a Big Mac, it will actually say, you know, would you like, uh, you know, would you like any options with that? And those options are, are sides. Um, would you like any sides with that? And the sides will be like, would you like fries? Would you like fries with ketchup? Would you like uh, six-piece chicken McNuggets and so forth? So it, it's very natural to the user, and we're really happy about, you know, kind of where, you know, where that dialogue is happening and how the user is adapting to the dialogue more and more each day as they use it. That was interesting what you were just saying there around asking if they want any sides, and it got me thinking a little bit about whether or not voice commerce actually could do upselling 
better than the than the traditional kind of web, if you like. So, for example, if you were ordering a takeaway online, um, you would let's let's use that McDonald's example. I don't think they do online ordering, but let's just say, for instance, they did. You would go there. You would say, "I want this burger, Big Mac burger, or whatever," and then I want this side and this drink. And then, as you go through the checkout process, as every e-commerce site does, there's little teasers, isn't there, throughout the checkout process? So, do you want extra dips, or do you want to double up on these chips, or whatever? So, but when you when you're going through that experience as a user, you know that they're trying to upsell you, and it's kind of like you're almost in some ways, if you, if you only go there for a specific purpose, in some ways, I don't know about you, but sometimes my kind of guards up and I'm like, I only came for this and I only want that. So all of these additional things, I'm not really interested in because I just want this. And you almost feel as though you're being sold to. Whereas in that example you just gave there, it almost feels as though it's, it's more of a natural conversation. So upselling or kind of like cross-selling might actually become something that is more natural. Would you say that, I don't know, if, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but is that kind of broadly speaking, do you reckon that's where the opportunity could be. That is uh, 100% kind of where we're thinking as well. Um, if, if you think about the voice space, right, um, there obviously, when we, when we create voice first design, we always believe that the screen will be secondary in the future. So can we upsell, you know, either via voice or screen as a second interface? But I think you bring kind of a you know, a good topic to talk about, right? Uh, I think in your past uh, podcast, you were talking about voice SEO, right? Mm. So how, how can we upsell in a more natural way, right? If you think about uh, going to an electrics store today and you're buying a cell phone, right? A cell phone, uh, a, a clerk will say, try to upsell you on the insurance and, and the warranty and stuff like that. It's still kind of natural, right? Um, we can potentially do that as well um, as a recommendation. Uh, imagine if you're going to Jetson and you're saying, I want to go, uh, I would like to buy some Levi's. And it will say, uh, what size are you? Uh, what type of boot cut? Uh, you know, do you want blue jeans or gray jeans? But by the way, these jeans really look good with this shirt as well, right? Mm-hmm. Soft upselling, but it's so natural to the experience. And that's what we've built our engine to be uh, so that we can go to these brands and we can work with these brands to kind of uh, get their brand awareness in a more natural way rather than your typical Amazon e-commerce store where you will show recommendations and you're just hoping that user will click on, right? It's a soft mm-hmm. sell. It's, it's part of the conversation. It's, it's very easy to get away, uh, you know, get away from that recommendation if you don't like it, but it's also much easier to add that recommendation via voice if you want to. It'd be interesting to see to do some comparisons actually given that this the voice commerce sort of space is is kind of blossoming or just about to blossom i suppose and we can get into maybe the the, the broader voice commerce kind of state of play if you like it in a moment but it'd be interesting to do a a, a kind of comparison versus you know one website, let's take, I don't know, something like Domino's, the Domino's website and, and tracking the upsells uh, of, of kind of other products during the checkout process versus what the conversion rate on those upsells would be in a voice sort of arena. Because it does, as you were saying, it does feel a lot more natural and a lot less pushy, I think. Yeah, I mean, Domino's, Domino's is actually a really good example. Um, you know, Jet, Jetson had the... Uh, was very fortunate to kind of demonstrate this to Domino's as well. And, you know, currently, if you look at the Domino's skill, um, you can actually just reorder, 
right? Yeah. And, and you can't actually build a pizza from, you know, from start to finish. But imagine if you're, you know, if, if there's a big sporting event, you know, Domino's makes tons of money during sporting events like the Super Bowl. Um, imagine if it, uh, Jets and you will be able to not only ask, you know, how do you build a specific product, but you can upsell and say, hey, you know, is this for a large gathering? Because it, it looks like one person is not eating three pies. <laughs> and and would, you, would you like to add some chicken wings or, or sodas of that uh, matter, right? And so... So that kind of stuff is really interesting where we're going to start heading into the voice commerce world. Because we, Jetson, we really see voice commerce as being two folds. Uh, as one being a kind of a call to action to do certain things. Uh, but also one, the other thing is obviously transactional. Uh, how do we use voice to monetize um, on, you know, on the customer upselling piece of it, and, but in a more natural way? Mm. There's, there's an interesting kind of paradigm, I think, with, with voice commerce, whereby, and I've noticed this since sort of like over the last probably, what, 10 years since kind of like card payments became more the thing. And in fact, people very rarely have, I don't know what it's like in the US, but certainly in the UK, people rarely have cash on them anymore now. Everything's either you're paying on your phone or you're paying with your, your card. And it's it's reduced friction almost entirely really because I pay my watch for most stuff I've got it on my wrist I don't need to do anything other than click click the side uh, button three times so but it almost feels as though because there's less less friction in the physical world in shops it's a lot easier to sort of spend and not really keep on top of what you're spending whereas online when you're adding stuff to your basket there's a total in the bottom corner and it's always growing and growing and growing and you're seeing this thing and you're looking at all the items in your list and there's a constant reminder of how much you're spending Whereas in that example you gave there, there's a group of people, the Super Bowl's on or the football's on or whatever, you're ordering a pizza through your voice. You don't see necessarily, unless it's, unless you're using a screen as well, but in a voice-only world, you don't see that tally racking up. So, and it's a lot, I don't know whether, I don't know whether you found this, but is there more scope for people to make more impulsive purchases, do you think, because of that? Um, I, I think it's, you know, we're, we, we, I personally feel that you know, voice commerce is really reinventing the way people are shopping, but it, it's almost like a revisit in history of how e-commerce started, right? When first e-commerce started, it was almost like those infomercials where you call in and, you know, back. So if, if I look at history, right, back in the day when, when people pick up the phone to call us, you know, a specific uh, QVC or whatnot to buy things, it was very impulsive. So you have a lot of people buying racks of hundreds of dollars of items. And then you had e-commerce where you had totals and stuff like that. But voice is becoming more natural where you're going to have to say things that you're going to buy and it's going to trigger elements in your mind where, you know, maybe I shouldn't buy, uh, you know, that 10 gallon of mayonnaise. I don't really need it. Maybe I'll have the, the you know, the two ounce uh, mayonnaise for a single person. So certain things and elements of triggering human behavior and human habits of uh, shopping is going to be very uh, critical and it's a very different mindset when you use voice to shop. Mm. It's almost as if you can kind of, because it's so, or if it's done right, it's so, it can be so frictionless. I can, I mean, I, can, I don't know if it's just me, but I can certainly see that um, you would be quite, it's quite easy to have, to have, you know, made a purchase and be over and done with before you've even realized. <laughs> I'll give you the example. The, the, we bought, um, 
I was I've been testing voice shopping out over the, the last kind of few weeks, and the the most recent thing I bought was um a, a kind of it's like a fake deer antler for the dog. It's just basically like a it's like a replica of an antler, and he can just chew it, you know, and he can, he kind of just chews it, and he's fine. Um, and I and I bought that through Alexa by just asking for something. I can't remember what it, what it was specifically. Uh, and although although I was kind of just testing it, it was like, you know, do, is this the one? Does that sound right? Yeah, that's all right. Do you want to buy it? It's like four quid. Yeah, I'll buy it. Yeah. And before I knew where I was, it was literally like, not, it was it was seconds and it was over. You know, I didn't even have a chance to think about it. So I can certainly see that there is huge opportunities, certainly with, with um, one-off purchases and, and stuff like that. And I certainly see that there's massive opportunities in there, isn't there? There, there is a massive opportunity. Uh, I, I feel like the difference between what we're doing and what uh, the big players are doing, right? We're doing true conversational AI. And with conversational AI, you're going to probably dig a little deeper into your searching behaviors before you actually go and buy things that you, whether you want or you don't want. You're going to be very, you're going to be fairly certain on what you're purchasing because when you do buy, um, you know, uh, dog antlers or, or something like that, right? It, it'll probably ask you what type, you know, what type of dog you have, uh, what size, you know, like, so it, it, it's some searching and some recommendation that's coming part of that to help you make justifiable purchases. But the, you're right. I mean, uh, uh, people will spend more um, with voice commerce. In fact, voice commerce is a 40 plus billion dollar business by 2022 because with the help of smart speakers, with the help of other smart devices, um, you know, we're hoping to kind of land on those multiple smart devices to help people, you know, really uh, be comfortable and have a frictionless life, right? Imagine if you're sitting and you're sitting on your couch with your significant other and you're watching Netflix and you're saying, Hey, Justin, can you pause Netflix? And you say, uh, I would like to order from Domino's, you know, mm. it's, it sounds really lazy, but it's, uh, it's stuff that helps us kind of get through in life, uh, to, to really enjoy life again, you know, uh, with the power of voice. I wouldn't even pause Netflix. I would just, <laughs> I would just crack on while I was watching. <laughs> but, but it's interesting you were saying there in terms of the size of of the forecasted market because I read something. Uh, it was it was a, it was a few weeks back now, like, and it was it was talking about um, how I'll have to dig out the link and put it in the show notes. But it was talking essentially that the piece was about how underwhelming the voice commerce space is at the moment, and I think the figures that were in there were something like. Um, out of everybody who's tried shopping on a voice assistant, it was it was something low, like I think it was something like I don't know, ten percent, thirteen percent, or something. But then only two percent of that group ended up trying to shop again. So I'm interested in, in obviously you've been working in this space, and it sounds as though things are going kind of pretty well. So I'm wondering what your thoughts are in terms of why do you think that might be, and what are some of the challenges that need to be overcome, or what challenges are Jetson overcoming currently that that will improve on those kind of figures? Yeah, I'll, I'll go back to the conversational AI element. The ability to search, recommend, and transact is kind of like our bread and butter. Um, if you look at the competitors out there, um, and, and when I say competitors, we're by no means competing, but we're actually complementary to a Google Home and Alexa because we lay over it. But, but what we're trying to do is we're, we're very focused on helping people uh, 
understand what they're buying, um, understanding how that conversation breaks down so that we can actually very, very much focus on the user and the intent on what they're purchasing and really focusing on kind of voice commerce and what you can do. Um, you know, the, the way we're thinking about it is that from a retail play, um, 95% of that buying behavior should happen with your voice. And when you do want to um, purchase a TV, um, you may go to a local retail uh, store that is compatible with our Jetson technology to actually look at the TV and then make the purchase when you go home on your voice. And, and our voice uh, product actually, uh, again, works on multiple platforms. So let's say um, you don't have to go home and, and tell uh, your wife to purchase the, the, the TV, you can actually speak on a different platform to buy as well or on the go with your mobile device. So it sounds as though, so one, one of the, the common things that's, that's mentioned all the time is this concept of discoverability, isn't it? And, and things being difficult to discover on, on voice. From what you've been describing there and having Jetson in other places, it sounds as though the strategy might be to try and get Jetson as a default assistant in certain environments. Is that the idea? Or, or if not, how do you see kind of discoverability on, in the voice commerce space playing out? Well, we, we see discoverability as a, a lot different than the Google voice searches because uh, we have a concept of the Jetson marketplace. And when we created this marketplace, we didn't want to be a, just another marketplace. We wanted the ability to have uh, products uh, and services being sold by the brands in a much easier and conversational way. So going back to the onboarding piece, like we work with brands to quickly generate that voice dialogue so that they quickly can really have a new channel of sales, right, with voice in a, in a very quick manner. Uh, so we can do uh, automatic dialogues in, in less than a day for a lot of these brands, but we, we because we work with them hand-to-end, uh, it's usually a couple of days uh, to make sure that their brand value is intact. Um, that's, that's really, I think, our strong point is the ability to offer – you know, low risk, uh, high rewards kind of uh, platform to the brands. Uh, but for the consumers, they can actually, you know, order on multiple platforms uh, in, in a very quick way, a very uh, discoverable way. Um, you know, and, and that's how and that's how we make our engine really strong, right? To onboard a lot of these marketers on our marketplace. Um, and they can actually search anything, um, you know, within our partners. Okay, so 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 Jetson essentially, aside from I think you mentioned earlier on, potentially brands being able to white label the uh, the technology. But that aside, in terms of the the main focus of building out Jetson, Jetson essentially, from what you're saying, is is going to be the front end and the entry point. And then there's once you're into the Jetson world, you then have access to the various brands that have that have signed up. Yeah, I mean, if if I were to uh, put a name. Uh how we compare uh, think think of it like Jetson is the Shopify of voice commerce where we en- enable people to uh, people or brands to quickly spin up experiences so that they have an additional sales channel for voice okay 
So how do you, because I remember when we spoke to Joshua Montgomery uh, of Mycroft on, it was one of the earlier podcasts actually, and he was saying that at some point in time, most retailers are going to end up competing with Amazon because Amazon, uh, I've seen some slides actually from a conference a few a few weeks back and I forget the name of the chap who was presenting, but it was it was unbelievable. And he, he gave an example of, I'll have to dig it out and put it in the show notes again, uh, but he gave an example of the size of Amazon as a company. And essentially, if you just imagine a circle on a slide and inside that circle, which represents the size of Amazon, he put Walmart and Target and Adidas and all of these different brands that Amazon is, is you know, bigger than and worth more than. Um, and the kind of example he was given is in terms of other areas that Amazon is kind of trying to get itself into. So obviously we're now into hardware and uh, with the smart speakers and microwaves and all this kind of stuff. Um, so. Uh, there was a, there was also a theme in there around at some point in time Amazon are probably going to be competing with with lots and lots of um, you know retailers. What's do, do do you see that being uh, a challenge in terms of Jetson being available on every single platform? Is is there a, is there a challenge as far as Amazon's concerned, or are you very much sort of thinking that, that Jetson is a complementary thing to to Amazon? Um, Jetson is a complementary to the Google Homes and Alexa. Uh, we're, we're very focused on the full end-to-end uh, user experience and, and the journey on how people are searching, recommending, and potentially transacting on the go or in a specific retail store. Um, my feeling is that uh, the retail is going through a renaissance period where they're becoming more showrooms than, also, uh, than you know, purchase places or, or locations. Uh, so we're very focused on, you know, working with different companies to very, to understand what that end-to-end journey is like. Um, we feel like at Jetson, we were working very hard in understanding uh, and working with real estate, um, you know, people in the retail space to really understand, to bring that kind of experience together, right? Uh, going back to kind of the Shopify or, or other examples, uh Jetson is very good at stitching experiences together and stitching experiences doesn't mean like we're putting a bunch of technology solutions together. We're actually putting a lot of physical and digital elements together uh, because we really believe that the retail space is going to grow differently uh, through the next five, 10 years. And, you know, with hopefully, you know, with our technology, we can help spearhead that. How how do you mean piecing things together? Do you do you mean piecing together like a physical retail store with an online experience with a smart speaker experience? Is that is that kind of what you mean, or are you talking about something different there? No, I'm, I'm talking exactly that. Uh, so so let's say you're at home. Um, you you just come home and you're ordering something from Jetson, uh, and then you want to transition that order to be completed on a different device. Uh, you can do so today. And um, let's say you complete that, you know, let, let's say you're completing that transaction, but you don't want it to be delivered and you want it to pick up at a store because you need it now rather than, you know, next day or two day delivery. You can actually go to one of these retail spaces in, in, in the near future to pick them up. Or let's say you're, big, you're buying a big item purchase that's over a thousand dollars, like a TV uh, that you actually need to see. Um, or even a piece of clothing that you need to see before you buy, um, you can do so as well. Um, there, there are certain there are certain elements as we're 
building this platform to, uh, in the last 14 months of our existence is that it's we're really thinking about what can we do with voice first? What can we do as voice first and screen second? But also what can we do with voice first and maybe retail as the kind of the end journey of where that purchase is being completed. But we're really focused on making that life uh, more uh, frictionless and more time consuming uh, so that we can help uh, people make really uh, educated uh, purchases, um, but, but also, um, you know, having a really great experience while out there. Mm, and you, I know that you joined the um, the WhatsApp group. The the um, I think it's called Voice Two now. The WhatsApp group, um, and there was a few. So you, you touched on when you joined that. You mentioned some of the things that you'd just been mentioning there in terms of joining up those experiences. And I think one of the things you were saying is that you know you could start. Uh, an interaction on your phone and then continue it on the smart speaker or you can start it on the app and then or start on a smart speaker continue it somewhere else and some of the some of the questions so i think david law asked one and uh pk and be asked more or less the, the same the same question in terms of how do you go about stitching together those experiences what what mechanism is are these kind of threaded together by yeah, it's threaded by um, a um, Jetson account. Uh, so today, when you sign up for our when you sign up for our application, you you will have a Jetson account. Um, our feeling is that um, don't think of it as a yet another account I have to sign up. Uh, think of it as an account where you're going to use this to transact uh, on multiple devices and also uh, enable you to have specific. Uh, rewards and discounts when you visit a retail store of our uh, of our partner list as well, um, and that's how we kind of stitch you know those experiences together. Um, you know because we're we're really foc- again we're really focused on bringing that holistic experience, and we feel like the only way we can you know uh, showcase this is by creating our own account with a payment platform that allows it to have continuity between devices and all the way through the store as well okay so on that then are you kind of when somebody signs in on the app are you kind of looking at what device they're using as well or do you not care do you just see that someone signed in somewhere and they're using it yeah, we, we were looking, we're looking at, uh, we have specific identifiers. So when, when people speak on different devices, it will pick up uh, a specific identifier to understand that, you know, Kane had, you know, spoken on one device and, and now is transitioning to another. Uh, but, but, you know, to that point, you know, a lot of the data that we're sharing, you know, for, for you, the European followers of VUX world is like, we're, we're very focused on GDPR as well. Uh, so a lot of that information is not being resold or is actually, we anonymize a lot of that data as well. Uh, we just use specific uh, unique identifiers to help pass through those kind of orders. Um, we're, we're not in the business of that, right? We're in the business of getting uh, anonymized data to help smooth, in that, uh, smooth the kind of ordering experience. Mm. And you mentioned just before that around payments. So, are you using like a third-party payments sort of provider, or have you developed your own payment engine? How, how do the actual payments work? Yeah, so we have our own payment. Uh, we have our own payment. It's uh, you know internally we call it Justin Pay, right? But also from a brand perspective, you 
you know, to have that continuity or, or, or that advantage is you should, you know, we offer you to use the Jetson Pay, but we're also very flexible in the sense that if there are countries that don't want to use our payment system and don't want the continuity, uh, it is flexible to hook into uh, our API systems can hook up into different payment systems as well. So if you're in Asia and, and you're very structured and you have to use Alipay, well, we can hook into that as well. And is that... Is that kind of independent of the device? So it doesn't matter whether or not you're on a Google Home or you're you're on the app or whatever. It doesn't really matter. Is it all still using the same sort of payments situation? Yes. Yeah. So it's using the same payment. Is there anything that you need to do differently with payments in voice compared to payments online or on on a mobile? Yeah. Yeah. There. There is. Um, specifically with like uh, screenless devices, right? Uh, how do I know that, you know, Kane's not impersonating John Shearer, right? Or vice versa, right? So we have a specific patent technology for voice ID uh, identification to understand profiling, understanding how that profiling is matched to specific credit cards. Uh, so that's very different, right? But you can also say like, um, Who's to say you're not going to knock me over while I'm typing on my laptop and you're going to click on, you're going to click and order <laughs> something on e-commerce, right? It's, it's stuff like that that we, you know, obviously laugh and think about, but it's, but it is actually a real issue with voice because there's a lot of things that could be spoofed. Uh, there's a lot of things where, um, you know, just like the days where your kid is, uh, ordering, you know, in-app purchases with your apps, right? We're thinking of all different things on how things can go wrong in life with voice. Uh, and, and obviously we're not, we're not there. We, we can't solve everything, but we, we're certainly thinking a lot about voice identification and how that identification travels across uh, different platforms. Okay. So what, what do you think then that the, the, you mentioned there around spoofing and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And a lot, there's obviously risks. I mean, you could be at a bank machine trying to get cash out. Someone could be over your shoulder looking at your PIN number and then, you know, pick your pocket and take your card off you. So there's never going to be a way necessarily of completely getting rid of absolutely every single possibility of things happening, I don't think. But what do you think some of the kind of challenges or solutions to those challenges are in terms of voice commerce from a technical perspective? How Have we kind of solved it and, and we're happy with it or where do you think it needs to sort of improve? I don't think we, I think there's much more needed to be done in that space. Um, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of like kind of things that people are, you know, companies are doing that might not resonate with Jetson, you know, so the ability to always listen, at, at, you know, at some point, uh, that that is a security concern of ours, um, specifically what we talked about privacy. Um, that's why we implemented kind of like a push to talk uh, on the app so that we're not listening all the time. Again, we're not in that business of uh, getting voice data in that way. Uh, and, and also for like your Google devices, right? There's that hard switch. So we're looking at different ways of improving your life, um, through technology, uh, but, but in a more, uh, opt in privacy, you know, setting, um, or the ability to kind of, you know, different design ways to, to help curtail that kind of issue. Mm. And then for, for, well, we'll go on to brands in a second, but what do you think? the um 
some of the things that that so it sounds a little Jetson from from a conversational commerce perspective and, and the technology that you got behind the scenes and all that lot seems to be working, you know, really well. And I, I admit, I haven't actually tried it out and, and and kind of experienced it myself, but it sounds it sounds all kind of really good. I mentioned earlier that the the report that was talking about the this the low kind of voice commerce numbers. Do you think it's just a matter of time before people naturally hop on the voice commerce sort of? Um, not bandwagon, but the voice. Co- do you think it's just, it's a matter of time before people start using their voice more to shop, or do you think there's anything that can be done to try and make that uh, behaviour happen a bit quicker? I, I would say education. Um, the education of why voice is important and why voice is becoming the most natural interface. Right? Um, you know, you know, we went through kind of the typewriter, the keyboard, the mobile keyboards, and now voice is becoming an, a new interface. Um, you know, is it going to be, in fact, that new interface for the next five to 10 years? I, I certainly believe so. But it's all about education, right? Uh, we, we've done a lot of uh, talks and tr- trade shows and conferences. And one of, one of the kind of the number one thing that kind of sticks out through a lot of these conversations is, is people don't know where to ask or don't know where to kind of, um, you know, you know, where can they engage to to learn more about voice UX? So I'm really happy that you, you have like kind of the VUX worlds and the voice to WhatsApp group. Like that, that it to me is really positive in that space to help other people, whether it's people in our space, people in agencies, consumers, brands. Uh, we're, I think we're all doing a fantastic job. And, and if we can all come together to educate a little bit more on why voice is so important and voice really is uh you know, at least in our technology, conversational, three times faster. It's really the most natural thing that uh, we can, you know, we can help people, uh, you know, focus in buying the right things uh, at the right brands, um, understanding recommendations and when to actually purchase. That's super important. And I think with a lot of education and a lot of uh, kind of focus groups and, and pushing to that right location, voice is really going to dominate. Um, a lot of the interactions, uh, and, and on top of that, commerce as well in the next uh, five, you know, next couple of years, I would say. Mm. And what would your advice be to to brands and, and retailers who are? I think we're, we're probably at a point now, certainly throughout this year, and where we are now. I reckon that we're at a point where people know about it now don't they people know about kind of certainly on the brand side that they're aware of it they've been kind of either considering it or kind of like you know keeping an eye on it or whatever what's your advice to brands who have something to sell could be retailers could be uh you know hotels or whatever um it could be food premises but it, but you know people there's, it's obviously a lot broader than that but what 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 are your kind of what would your advice be to brands who are have got an ear on this space and who are kind of watching it and considering it um, I, I would say work with uh, myself, uh, cheap plug uh, or Jetson, <laughs> but 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 work with people in the space that we we really you know talk about and work about every day. Uh, like for for us, like Jetson, it's more like uh, every time we talk to a client, uh, we're very close to understanding how can we help your business succeed with voice. 
right? We're not we're not here to just oversell our product. Uh, our, we're very focused on how can we sell your product so that it fits within your business. And for us to understand their business and for them to understand why voice can adapt to their business is huge. So I think that's kind of one of the positive things that we do, um, you know, on top of our, our core technology is that we're, we're pretty good at, you know, helping people understand why voice is becoming uh, not only the primary interface, but also a big part of uh, consumers' lives. And, and what's does, what does the future look like for, for Jetson? What's the vision and, and what you're what you kind of hoping to, to sort of achieve over the next few years? Yeah, so the next few years, uh, going into 2019, really focus on retail space. Um, you know, uh, you know there, there's a couple of plays in the retail space, uh, whether it's in workspace, uh, workspace like a WeWork, um, retail space like a lot of the brands we're talking to, Having having the ability to really, as part of this conversation, is to have an end-to-end journey uh, to, to make your life more frictionless. And that means, you know, from a workspace perspective, the ability to book uh, workspaces with your voice, uh, maybe book it in an hour versus a day. Um, and, uh, you know, ability to order food because you're so busy creating a company, right? And you don't have time for lunch. Uh, and having that food delivered to you, uh, the ability to kind of order on multiple devices and also looking at a product in a retail space. So our, our, our vision in 2019 is, is pretty big. Um, but, you know, as entrepreneurs, we have to aspire big, right, to do big. And it's more, uh, you know, what, what we really love in this space is talking to the number of people to kind of really educate understand their businesses um, and how we can use Jetson's technology to kind of, so to say, stitch everything together. Um, because, you know, it's it's really that point that we're really going to uh, do well in. And, um, you know, and, and a couple years later, we're really focused on, you know, the, the not only the real t- re- retail space, but also kind of the hospitality uh, part of it as well. Uh, the ability to book hotel rooms, book concert tickets and stuff like that, which, you know, one of our, you know, advisors, you know, is in that space. So we're really focused on that as well. And then, you know, while, while you might, you know, for the listeners, you might think, you know, wow, Justin is doing a, a vast amount of things. You know, there is a commonality between all these spaces, food, uh, retail and hospitality. It's all about purchasing. It's all about a call to action. And we believe that we do it very well in that contextual or conversational uh, element. Um, And it's all going to lead to some type of call to action, whether it's monetary or not. Mm, I think what Jetson has, listening to you speak over the last 50 minutes or so, is it's got a product and that that is being rolled out and that's working. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of talk about conversational commerce. A lot of talk about I've been trying to coin the term V-commerce, which I think sounds pretty cool. Um, a lot of talk about it, but not much, not many examples of where it's actually happening. I think Jetson's one of the few examples, perhaps even aside from Amazon and Google, probably the only example that I've seen of something that's that's working and that's up and running and that is actually really seriously pursuing this. So, I mean, 
you're right that there is seemingly some similarities around all of those areas. And if you've got the technology that can deal with the complexities of customizing a burger or a pizza, then a hotel room is not too much uh, dissimilar, really. You're, you're, you're right. And it's, um, you know, when we first started this journey, it's, you know, we, we tackled the food industry and then a lot of people kind of laughed and snickered and said, well, that's kind of easy to do. But, you know, when you actually try to order food with your voice, it's or at least developing it. It was actually quite hard, right? Because mm. uh, understanding people's preferences and the way they order coffee, like Kane's ordering coffee different than John, right? Or, or the way they order burger, it's actually quite involved. Um, but we're at this point in our life where our core technology and our automation is actually there for brands to actually, you know, create these experiences in a matter of hours. Wicked. Well, John, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for joining us. Where, where can people, brands reach out to you and where can people kind of follow the Jetson journey? Yeah, you can follow us at uh, Jetson AI on uh, Twitter and also Instagram. And if you wanted to contact me for a demo, uh, my email address is John J-O-N at Jetson.ai. Uh, we'll be we'll be happy to walk you through a demo and uh, and to see how we can help you in this journey. Um, you know, we'd love to uh, partner with you. Fantastic, John. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. All right, thank you for having me, Kane. That was John Chu of Jetson. Does seem to be quite a compelling story that from what John was saying, you know, some of the conversational commerce or v-commerce as I'm still persistent on trying to coin. Um, some of the, the kind of v-commerce stories you hear in the report I mentioned and, and some of the kind of uh, talk about it. The reality seems to be that, that not that many people are doing it. The hype tends to be that it is really kind of spoke about quite a lot and it's, it's, it's the future and all that kind of stuff. But in terms of the bit in the middle of the practicalities of who's actually doing it, as I said at the end there, there's not a great deal on the market that's actually doing the whole end-to-end journey. Plenty of companies are in there trying to help you out with the searching for products and you know Amazon are doing a, a, a good job at trying to make it happen on, on the Echo. But Jetson seems to be a, a quite a compelling platform that seems to be filling a, a decent need. I, it'll be interesting to see how it how it pans out in terms of whether it is competing with Amazon or not. I, I don't know whether it is or not, to be honest. It's it's an interesting area to get into. But they've got a state uh, not just on smart speakers, but on phones and things like that. And they're looking at doing in-store experiences as well as trying to join up all the other devices. So I think that the vision is certainly a sound vision. I think that John's certainly switched on in terms of where he sees the future of e-commerce uh, and what the, what they're doing and the vision that they're trying to pursue is, is, is absolutely admirable so best of luck to Jetson thank you John for joining us on the podcast it's been an absolute pleasure and thank you all for listening as always and I'll see you next time see you later